Welcome to That Healing Feeling Podcast. My name is Faith Ashenden, and I'm a patient empowerment coach and biohacking expert who is obsessed with helping you holistically heal and optimize your health, no matter where you are in your healing journey. I've created the first and only comprehensive patient advocacy framework in the world today, which has helped thousands of women from all over the world hack the system and get their health back. If you are looking to understand why you have certain symptoms, where to get the answers that will get you feeling 100%, or you're wanting to massively up-level your health so that you can have the most fulfilling life possible, then you are in the right place. My goal on this podcast is to give you the tools you need to start getting answers and results today by transforming the way you approach the healthcare system, adding to your healthcare toolkit, and challenging previous thought patterns that might be holding you back. Think of this podcast as your weekly health coaching and mindset development as I bring you interviews from world-renowned practitioners, testimonies from entrepreneurs that have holistically overcome great health challenges of their own, and share everything I know about how I healed naturally and have stayed feeling 150%. Thank you so much for pushing play today. Let's dive right in. This podcast is amazing. If you've ever been interested in the medicinal properties of the beloved plant, marijuana. Marijuana is a plant that is near and dear to my heart. It got me through some of the darkest and hardest times in my life with so much grace. And I really wanted to be able to deep dive into it and understand from a scientific perspective and also from a legislative perspective, what is the deal with marijuana and how can we use it to help support ourselves in our healing journeys? Um, Really, what's the science behind that? So of course, I had to get Shada on the podcast. She is the biggest name in Austin when it comes to um, anything CBD related, marijuana related. She is such a powerful voice for this amazing healing plant. Um, And she's really been instrumental in some legislative changes that we have here in the state of Texas. So it's really, you can just see her passion shine through as she talks to us. And I'm really honored to have had the opportunity to have her here. So I'm going to introduce her and then we're going to dive right in. So Shada is the co-founder and CEO of Restart CBD, Texas's premier cannabis brand. Born and raised in Austin, Shada founded Restart in 2018 alongside her two younger sisters after using CBD for years to personally help manage her pain after an auto pedestrian accident she was in in 2015. Since launching, Shada and her sisters have earned the name CBD Sisters becoming one of the leading educators and retailers of cannabis in the industry. In fact, Shada was recently named Best Hemp Educator, Advocate, and Influencer by the Texas Hemp Awards and is the host of the Cannabis and Marketing Podcast, To Be Blunt. Shada is passionate about helping build great consumer brands in the cannabis industry and leverages her background in technology and marketing to apply to helping navigate the cannabis industry to connect the consumer to high-quality cannabis products and education. You can connect with Shada at the Shada Tarabi. All right, you guys, enjoy. All right. So we are here with Shada Tarabi um, on a very exciting episode because we're talking about cannabis. 
And um, this is particularly exciting for me because this is a tool that I used for, I would say, about six years of my 10-year journey um, being undiagnosed. And um, when I figured it out, like I think the first time that I smoked in college, I was like, oh my God, like for the first time I have freedom um, from how I've been feeling and what's been holding me down. And I know that so many of my clients um, can resonate with this. And what I'm really excited about is now we can have this open dialogue on the science behind it, how we can use it to enhance our lives, why and how it enhances our lives. Um, and now we'll have tools that we can, you know, hopefully take from this and start using today, tomorrow. So anyways, Jada, welcome. Welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I do love cannabis and I love talking about cannabis and I especially love educating on cannabis. So happy to dive into this and unpack this, you know, stigmatized uh, plant for your listeners and followers. So how did you get into the industry? Yeah, so I am based in Austin, Texas. And for most people who are, you know, kind of aware of cannabis's legality, Texas is not a legalized marijuana state. Um, but, you know, kind of that aside, I have family in Colorado. And I, like you, have been consuming cannabis for many years. Grew up going to different, you know, legal states, Colorado, California, things like that. And really just consuming cannabis very uneducatedly. It was just something that, you know, when you're in high school, like you kind of highlighted high school, college, you know, different experiences. Maybe you get exposed to cannabis, especially in Austin. It's a live music capital of the world. So to me, music and cannabis go very hand in hand. But I think the really interesting part of my journey and story was when cannabis went from a recreation to medicine. And so for me, I was in a car accident in 2015. I was hit by a vehicle as a pedestrian and I fractured my pelvis in two places and I was confronted with chronic pain at age, you know, 25. And part of, you know, growing up in Austin, we are a little bit more of a hippie city. And so my mother being the mother that she is kind of, you know, acknowledging here's her child now being confronted with chronic pain. How is she going to manage it and navigate through this? I was prescribed pain medication. And anytime the pain would flare up and the prescriptions would run out, the doctor would, of course, re-prescribe. I was in and out of physical therapy offices for months. I was in and out doing steroid injections that would help, you know, interim, maybe manage some of the pain, but long-term giving me the power to control how to manage my pain was not something that I really saw an opportunity or really a option that didn't have repercussions or really like intense side effects. And so my mother actually... I'm very blessed. My mother and I have a very open relationship to the point where my mom was aware of my cannabis consumption. And to kind of, you know, step back at a high level to hemp and CBD, which is very uh, popularized right now, is part of the hemp plant. CBD is found in both marijuana and hemp, but what is legal is really hemp versus the other side, which is marijuana, which is not legal. And so I think that's where you just had this kind of disconnect of what really is cannabis and what are the right cannabinoids that I should be consuming and what's the right dose and what's the right consumption method. So while I was very familiar and used to, you know, smoking pot and kind of that aspect of it, I didn't really understand the different cannabinoids and how CBD perhaps in particular could help me manage my pain and inflammation. So it was my mom. My mom was like, Hey, I know you like smoking weed. Do you know what CBD is? And this was in 2015. So 
hemp and CBD really didn't hit the market until 2017, 2018 is when it really started. You started seeing, you know, every smoothie shop, every, you know, health and wellness store was starting to talk about CBD. And so my mom was a little bit early in introducing it to me, but I'm the firstborn child of three daughters and I very much revere my mother. And she at her, you know, insisting was like, Hey, you're in pain. You should try this cannabino- cannabinoid CBD. Like, please just try it. And so at that point I was so desperate because I was in and out of the doctor's offices, just trying to self-manage my pain. And I used to have, after the accident, I couldn't lay lean or sleep on the left side of my body. The weight of my body was just like compressing my fracture so bad that I, you know, compensated and you get used to your pain. And so you adjust your lifestyle. And I remember after being on CBD heavy doses for about three weeks, I woke up on the left side of my body and it wasn't like I was crushing myself. And I was like, I called my mom. I'm like, mom, something is different, you know, and and I think it might be the CBD that you've been giving me. And so that was really the door opening for our family to really understand and begin the discovery of what are these other cannabinoids that are present in the cannabis plant? Um, What does a dose look like? What are different consumption methods? Because smoking something versus ingesting something is going to produce a different effect in your body. And so, yeah, we became um, very familiar with it from a family perspective, from an anecdotal perspective. But as the market has matured now, just in the last couple of years, now more research is being done because hemp is now officially federally legal thanks to the Farm Bill in 2018, which has opened up more scientific research to back up all the anecdotal research that you know we've been experiencing the benefits on for years. Wow. So first of all, I didn't know that story. Are you? Do you still have pain today or is that, are you pain free? I do still have pain. I think that's, you know, what a lot of people come to cannabis in particular looking for is that magic pill. I'm sure you can relate just through all your different personal recovery, um, you know, journeys as well as different modalities and trying to find, you know, what is that thing that's going to make me feel pain free? I don't personally think pain ever goes away, but again, I think it does shift and change depending on what we're doing with our life and lifestyle and our diet and nutrition and things like that. And so for me, again, it was, wow, I don't want to take pain medication. I'd like a more plant-based alternative or wow, I don't want to have to keep going to my doctor or maybe I can not be a hundred percent pain-free, but maybe I can be, you know, 70% pain-free and be a little bit more in control of how I feel. And so I feel a thousand times better. I mean, for me, the kind of process was post-accident, Um, it wasn't, you know, necessarily CBD or cannabis first, although I was definitely consuming again, like kind of weed, but not so much CBD as a cannabinoid. And they all have different properties, which we can get into different cannabinoids, but I changed my diet first and foremost. And so I was really trying to heal my body with food and nutrition. Then I started my wellness approach. I started working out. I built up the strength over time to make my body physically stronger. And so it was during the course of doing everything else to make myself feel better that I would still have this chronic pain. Maybe I you know, wore the wrong shoes and stood on a hard surface. Hell, even today, sometimes that's how my pain flares up. If I'm standing for too long, you know, our bodies are very dynamic and I do believe that healing is possible, but trying to figure out what is the right tools in my tool belt to allow me to be in control of how do I manage that pain and inflammation. And so for me, CBD is, is a no brainer. I use it in different quantities. I use it in different capacities, depending on if my pain has flared up more or less that day. So kind of going back to what I was highlighting, you know, 
if you're ingesting something like an edible, it might take longer to take effect, but it provides a more long-term effect or ongoing effect versus if you are smoking something, you're inhaling it. So your body is processing it faster, but those effects won't necessarily last as long. So again, depending on if I'm having a more pain intensive day because of maybe walking the day before having a really intense workout, I know now, Hey, I can maybe do a CBD soaking salt and soak my whole body in it. Maybe I want to eat an edible before bed versus maybe just smoking something day to day or taking a sublingual oil. So there's this wide breadth of products. We saw them, we, we call them different consumption methods and it relates to, um, perhaps a term that you and your audience are familiar with called bioavailability. So I'm going to take this dose and this is how much of that dose my body is going to absorb if I inhale it versus if I digest it. And so that's kind of the understanding that at least with my brand restart that we try to take that approach to help our consumers navigate that. Because even if I could sit here and say CBD is the end all be all magic pill, our bodies are different you know, you might respond to a different dose of CBD than me. And so trying to get people not to, you know, blindly approach cannabis as a transaction. It's not, I take my medicine, I feel better for four hours. It's very dynamic and ever changing. And so depending on what, you know, I did to my body (laughs) or what external forces have been placed on my body, I then use my knowledge and education of cannabis and different cannabinoids to help me kind of address those different pain points. And that's so interesting. I'm just thinking of, um, first of all, I didn't know that you could soak in CBD. Yes. Topicals and even just like bath salts and just kind of like anything that you can absorb. I Uh think of it um, when I try to talk to people and educate them, when you're ingesting internally your body, so kind of getting into a little bit of the science, why CBD works. So CBD is a cannabinoid. CBD is one of over, depending on whose you know researcher report you come across, there's over 130, 160 different cannabinoids. Delta 9 THC is mainly the most popular one that when you're smoking weed, you feel high. That's because Delta 9 is psychotropic. Well, CBDs is anti-inflammatory. There's CBG, CBN, CBC. There's now even Delta-8 THC. So you have cannabinoids. And then on top of cannabinoids, you have terpenes. The combination of terpenes and cannabinoids in different quantities is what is presented as you know the cannabis plant. So there's different strains. The strains might have different percentages of those cannabinoids and terpenes. Also different factors are was it grown indoor or outdoor? Who was the cultivar? Like who grew it? An analogy I use is like orange juice. Not all oranges are grown the same way. You know, why does Florida have a really great, uh, you know, reflection of like quality oranges? It's because they have great climate for it. Maybe they have good soil for it versus if you're growing oranges in Texas, it's not that you can't do it. It's just, it's going to produce a different breakdown or makeup of that product or of that plant, I should say. And so having that understanding to be able to understand the plants and then you're understanding, okay, these are different cannabinoids. Okay. These are different consumption methods. So when you're ingesting something internally, why cannabis works is because your body actually has an endocannabinoid system. It has CB1 receptors that work off of kind of like your neurotransmitter. And then they have a CB2 receptor, which works a little bit more off of just kind of like how your 
your body is functioning. So one is more playing off of like, again, when you smoke marijuana or smoke weed, you're hitting CB1 receptors, you're feeling that high versus CBD plays off of CB2 receptors. And that's where you're feeling more of the overall kind of deflammation of inflammation in your body. So again, CBD's main property kind of from a scientific perspective is anti-inflammatory. And so, yeah, depending on what the cannabinoid is and how you consume it, whether you're internally ingesting it. I think of that as like people who are coming to me saying, Hey, my whole body is inflamed. What is the best way to consume? I would personally recommend something internally ingesting versus if you have like an isolated sore area, like let's say a sore shoulder from playing tennis or you tore, you know, something in your heel or your ankle. If you have an isolated area, maybe a topical or a soak is good for that because you can kind of apply it externally onto the spot. And so again, all these different conversations are really to hopefully help that consumer on their can of curiosity journey to decide, hey, today I'm feeling really inflamed in my shoulder. You know, maybe I want to put a topical on and eat an edible versus maybe if my shoulder is not hurting, maybe I just want to use something internally. And so giving that understanding to help people kind of figure out, well, what is going to make me feel the best? Again, it's like, this is all the education in the world, but like you have to understand. And I think you made a really great post on your social media. I think it was today just talking about finding the right doctor, finding the right solution for you. It requires you to go through a process just because the doctor says, Hey, I can solve, you know, this ailment that you're dealing with. They still need to figure out how does it factor into your body, your biochemistry, your lifestyle, your nutrition, your routine. And so taking the same approach with cannabis, it's, um, it can be very transactional. If you're like, I just want to smoke something and see how I feel. I definitely encourage people to kind of be curious in that regard. But the flip side is you can really fine tune it. And it starts with understanding how you're consuming and what is the different dose and what is the breakdown of those cannabinoids? I mean, yeah, it's, it has to be so tailored. And that's why the educational component is so important. And which brings me to my question, you know, now we can have this open dialogue and it's so productive and I know how much of a healing plant um, it is. That being said, I feel like for a while, it's been kind of a taboo conversation, um, less so in my circles. And obviously, I mean, I went to UT, I went to, for those of you who aren't familiar, I went to school in Austin. Um, and so I've always kind of been in a more like relaxed, accepting environment where you can have more of an open dialogue. Um, But I know that that's not always the case. So where did it get such a bad stigma for being such a um, peaceful plant, for lack of a better word, such a, such, such, such a peaceful plant? Where did it get that stigma? Yeah, it's so kind of sad slash funny. I'm a marketer by, you know, passion and trade. I went to a school here in Austin as well. I went to Concordia, which is a private Christian college. And, but similar to you had a very open-minded kind of experience where I was like consuming cannabis and like, it was just accepted in my circles and family and things like that. But as a marketer, I think kind of putting that lens on that filter on, it's pretty crazy what people will believe and listen to if, you know, a certain media source or person says something. And so when I was kind of transitioning from the culture of cannabis, which I very much feel like I'm a part of, it's the songs, it's the music, it's the lifestyle, it's the smoke culture, like 
buying different, you know, bongs. I feel sometimes like saying that out loud, someone's going to like, you know, spank me or something. But I love that aspect of cannabis. Like I love that kind of like, you know, smoking in your mom's basement. Like I did that. And also, you know, I'm a professional. So there's that culture of it. But now as it's kind of gone into more professional communities and circles, I was part of, you know, that transition of personally witnessing and realizing like, how did we get such a bad reputation for cannabis? And honest to God, it really stems from, unfortunately, the war on drugs. And so not to get political, I think you can kind of take that comment with what it is. But unfortunately, I think um, you kind of have this framework of people who saw an opportunity to, you know, take advantage of what was happening politically. And they started this war on drugs. And so the movie reefer madness, again, I thought was just like a cheesy movie that like people produced and like, who would actually believe that reefer madness, you know, makes you want to do these things because I never felt that way when I consumed cannabis, but digging into the history of it, you're like, holy crap, people believed this. They really believed it. And there was a lot of fear and scare tactics involved. And so I think that's really where you saw this negative stigma around cannabis be introduced. And then the flip side, which I think is maybe probably more controversial, and there's definitely a lot more like nuances to it. And I think it's something that the cannabis industry is fighting today. But, you know, Who's going to benefit from it? It's one of those things where you see cannabis right now is such a peaceful plant. Some would even, you know, make the stretch to articulate it's like a healing plant in this essence of turmeric or ashwagandha or matcha. Like they have these healing properties to them and they're sold in a commodity like scenario, but they're certainly not taxed or, or, you know, highlighted to the extent that cannabis is. And so you have to kind of reflect, well, I think cannabis is in the position it's in because people are trying to figure out how they can make profit off of it. And so I think when you have that, whether it's the government trying to figure out, whether it's the pharmaceutical companies trying to figure out, those are definitely very real aspects because, again, to be controversial, and I think that there are good doctors out there, and I do think that there's certain medicine that is obviously necessary depending on what you are, um, you know, prescribed or what your conditions are that you're dealing with. But I also think that there's a lot of malpractice going around to the extent that it's really easy to make a society of people who are drugged up. I mean, it was really easy for my doctor and his best, um, you know, best effort to help me to keep prescribing me pain medication, opioid prescription after opioid prescription. But that didn't really help me that just numbed me. And so you kind of have to step back and acknowledge Yes. Again, I think medicine has its place. Um, traditional doctors have their place. Medical healthcare has its place. But it's also up to you as a person, as a human being to take care of your body with the things that you know to believe true and helpful. And so when you can take a plant that is grown, it's called weed because it grows freely. <laughs> like it just grows. And yet here we are trying to scrape it for every last, you know, drop and it's a schedule one drug in certain scenarios. I mean, to be a little honest too about Texas's scenario. So marijuana is decriminalized in Texas kind of in a roundabout way, but let's say you have marijuana edibles you bought in Colorado, you brought across the state lines. That is a felony in Texas to have edibles by weight, the way that the law is written, that's a felony. And so you have to kind of wonder, 
why is that a felony? But over here I can now, and nothing against alcohol either. I don't personally drink. Um, that's my personal preference, but you know, you, I was really involved in the last Texas legislative session, um, which is really important from helping legalize cannabis in Texas. That's something that I feel is my calling in life is as a born and raised Texan to help champion this plant in my home state. And we're literally sitting in these, these sessions between the house and the Senate where they're calling cannabis an adulterer. And in the next you know meeting, they're legalizing alcohol to go. It's like, this doesn't make sense what is happening. And so again, it's one of those things to help educate people to be mindful, be respectful of the law, but also, you know, understand kind of who is benefiting and maybe who is not benefiting. And, and maybe that's why something is illegal or stigmatized the way it is. And so in the industry, the saying kind of is right now, you know, you let the cat out of the bag. You can't put the cat back in the bag, which is why I think you've seen cannabis uh, grow so fast as it has that now the government is trying to catch up to manage it, to profit off of it. Um, it's very, uh, very sad and heartbreaking in some scenarios and, and just a good opportunity for those of us in the industry to keep, you know, the passion alive and keep educating consumers to find, you know, the right way to find cannabis that works for them. That was so well said. Um, I I completely agree with that. And I think that especially the part about just being prescribed pill after pill after pill, at some point you start to, I think it's at that point where you start to question like, all right, who really is looking out for my overall well-being? Because you know, on some level, when you're just essentially popping pills all day, just because they slap the word legal on it doesn't mean that it's good for you. And I agree with you. And I talk about this all the time on the podcast and on social media and with my clients. I'm a proponent of Western medicine and emergency scenarios. And you know, we're all so blessed to be able to access the best of the best when it comes to that. But outside of emergency scenarios, there are so many options and we're not solely limited to big pharma. But so many of us who are now more in the holistic space, meaning we're open to other modalities, um, have years and years of experience either being addicted to drugs, legal drugs, um, or like me, I have two huge drawers just full of name a medication, I have it from anxiety medications to depression medications to any type of pain medication. I could get high for days on the pharmaceuticals that were thrown at me. Um, and that's ultimately why I personally turned to marijuana because I did a bit of a like think for myself situation and thought, okay, well, at the end of the day, I'm either going to be addicted to 10. I mean, I'm sitting here, I'm 19 years old, taking 10 different medications to get through the day real dr synthetic drugs that aren't growing out of the ground um, that have some sort of side effect on my body. And I wasn't in the position to think that those were actually helping me heal. Um, and yeah. And so that's why I turned to it. And then it was like instantly um, what none of those drugs could do. Marijuana did in about one second. And not only that, um, but there wasn't a side effect to it. You know, there's so many side effects to all of the pharmaceuticals. And again, I think that you know they're really productive when they're absolutely necessary, but the nutrient mineral depletion, we're rewiring our brains to sometimes a point of no return, um, the list goes on and on. Um, and so I love this idea that, okay, who's, you know, 
just think critically about why things are the way they are. Um, and I'm obviously a huge proponent of that. But something else that was a really interesting benefit for me, because I'm really huge on the mind-body connection. I talk a lot about that in my programs with my clients. We're constantly focusing in on the nervous system and the role that the nervous system plays um, on everything and our ability to heal. And for me, just being able to get into a different place and instantly go into the parasympathetic state from smoking really was what calmed my stress response and helped me be able to get to a place where I could even invite healing. Um, and I'm not saying that, you know, like Xanax or an SSRI or something couldn't do that, but not in the same way. Um, and again, without consequence. And it was like every time that I smoked, I was able to open my mind a little bit more and get back into that place. And of course, create those new neurological networks that I just don't think I would have been able to do without it. And so quite literally, I call it a peaceful healing plant because on so like so many levels, you know, and it's so multidimensional. And I think even if like people aren't in physical pain, I talk about it with my clients, like, Sometimes you just need something like that to create a new neurological network to get yourself in a place where you can even be open to inviting um, a new reality into your life. And it's not something that I can, you know, I can't find that kind of transformation at the bottom of any pill bottle. Well, to kind of like riff on that idea, I think if you're getting into the history of hemp, so like using CBD as like this most popular cannabinoid, it is federally legal. You know, I sell it, we can ship it across state lines. It's very accessible. Kind of two points to make. The first one is with hemp, the story kind of goes, you know, hemp is this multifaceted plant. There's a lot of documentaries, they'll call it the plant of 50,000 uses, whether there's actually 50,000 or not, you know, some top ones that come to mind are paper or, you know, building materials or fiber for clothing. And so when you kind of look back from a history perspective on where hemp was before the war on drugs, where everything kind of became illegal, hemp was such a staple in our society. In fact, there's even one kind of uh, you know, report that says the Nina, the Pinta, the Santa Maria, like the ship sails were made out of hemp. Like it was a requirement when, when America was being colonized for you to grow hemp. And so you can kind of back that out too of we were growing hemp, we were using hemp, our animals were eating hemp plants. And now even in 2021, there's a whole kind of resurgence of using hemp for animal feed. Obviously, um, Hemp seeds is very popular to put in your smoothies and things like that, in addition to even like CBD oil and CBD heavy products. So there was this idea that we used to be consuming hemp organically. Our animals would eat it, we would eat the animals, and we would get the basic benefits of hemp just by our regular diet. And so as that transition changed, it became, you know, less and less a part of our organic diet and something that our body then lacked. And so when we were founding Restart, our CBD brands, um, we just founded our, our business in August of 2018. So we're a three-year-old brand. My sisters and I are the owners. We're based here in Austin, Texas. As you can tell, very passionate about cannabis, very education forward. But when we were transitioning into the business side, one of our first taglines for our company was, CBD for optimal balance. And so I love that you highlighted, you know, you don't necessarily need to have this, this pain or this life altering like condition or situation to kind of propel you into cannabis as just like a thing to explore. And so we do, we get a lot of people who are like, Oh, I'm not in pain or I don't have anxiety or I don't need to try cannabis or CBD. And I'm like, 
why don't you just like see what it can do for your body? Because I do believe that we are operating out of a deficit essentially. And now we're trying to get our bodies back to that optimal balance. And because CBD is a cannabinoid and our body has these, I mean, I'm not making these words up. An endocannabinoid system exists in every single person's body. It is a scientific term. It is a documented term that that has obviously an association to cannabis and the cannabinoids. And so trying to, at a rudimentary level, think of it as your body has, you know, square holes and the cannabinoids are square pegs and they fit very functionally into your body to help you get back to that kind of baseline operating uh, level. I think there's some merit and some truth in that. Now, again, everybody's biochemistry is different. So how much your body needs, what's the right combination, uh, depending on what your ailment might be. So like using cancer as an example, we have now started to see research on different cannabinoids. So CBG is now coming out to be anti-cancer. So we have a lot of customers who come to see us who have done their research, they've, you know, maybe worked with a specific cannabis doctor, maybe they found somebody in a legal state, some kind of combination of that. And they've come to the conclusion that CBG is, is, can be a potential, you know, helpful cannabinoid in their cancer journey. And so they want CBG products. And I love being able to help fit people into, Hey, this is what you want to take it for. Here are some cannabinoids for you to try, or let's just try from the baseline and see kind of how it can help improve your day-to-day function. But the other point I wanted to highlight too, I think in the midst of marijuana is becoming more legalized state to say that there's over 19 states now that have a full on recreation and marijuana uh, medical program, Texas, we are very lacking in both of those. We have a very minute medical marijuana program. It's um, something I'm happy to debate and talk about, but it just doesn't reflect the capacity of what cannabis can actually do in terms of dosing. It's a very limited program and limited in the doctors and how you can access the program. But with that said, because hemp is federally legal, people assume, oh, I can get my CBD kind of anywhere. Now I see it popping up, you know, at the doctor's office. Maybe I see chiropractors sell it. I'm sure people have acknowledged gas stations are selling it. And the unfortunate part is just because hemp is now classified as a legal plant, a legal cannabinoid, um, it doesn't always equal high quality. And so that's where I think, unfortunately, the consumer is stuck trying to navigate, which is where we try to come in as a brand, at least reflecting Austin, Texas community of like, hey, we know that it's crazy out there. There's a lot of misinformation out there just because this is legal people need to really realize it's severely underregulated. In fact, I'm sure you and your listeners can relate to a myriad of other topics that are equally popular and legal, but severely underregulated. Like it just blows my mind. You start digging into some of these like major industries and it's like, wait, nobody checks that. And so, yeah, that's the reality. So we're sitting here talking about CBD, but I also really want to emphasize whether people want to shop with our brand or not just do your homework. Make sure that the products that you're buying are what they say they are. Uh, Unfortunately, being in this industry for the time that I have, I've come across too many people who are trying to make a quick buck off of the consumer who doesn't understand. And then they sell them a product that either has very low milligrams of CBD or cannabinoids or 
no cannabinoids in it at all. Or it could be just other ingredients that are really, in my personal opinion, unnecessary. So like to highlight an example, people like to take CBD for sleep. We get people who want to take CBD with melatonin. Again, nothing against melatonin. Uh, If that's something that you want to pursue, that's totally something for you to pursue. But to me, if you want to take CBD with melatonin for sleep, well, the melatonin is what they're selling you. It's the CBD should be that active ingredient. And so just kind of understanding that and having that knowledge of why certain products are mixed with other certain, um, you know, plants or different types of other kind of, you know, healing type of concoctions. Again, it's not that it's necessarily bad, but I really come from a place where the consumer should be able to understand a label, read a label, get the information that they need on what is the quantity of active cannabinoids in this product. And what is really actually the thing that's making me feel better. So if someone is taking CBD with melatonin, they're like, oh, this helps me sleep. It's like, well, I bet it's the melatonin because the CBD is probably a really bad degraded quality. So again, you're just trying to kind of parse through all this nonsense and crap. I mean, I've seen CBD be sold anywhere from very popular grocery stores to the for sale rack at TJ Maxx. Just the other day, I saw a CBD infused candle don't buy those things. I don't know what's in them. I don't think that that's actually going to help the consumer. But unfortunately, that's what the market looks like. And so the consumer has to hopefully listen to your podcast (laughs) and learn some information to help them go through the journey of, oh, that's maybe why that product I bought at the grocery store that said CBD on it didn't actually do what I was being told CBD could help me with. And it's just because people are taking advantage of the unregulation of the market right now. It's, it's sad how it shows up in so many, like you said, different industries, but I was just talking about this with a client today. We were just, well, I mean, it's another supplement if you will. And it's like supplements are not created equal. Most of them are crap. So here's how we can look for really high quality bioavailable supplement with no fillers in it. And here's how we can set measures for success. I mean, with you know, supplementation, a lot of times we just do blood work and we, well, a lot of people don't, but they should be, um, and seeing, you know, are there any quantitative measures for success here and is the needle being moved forward? But yes, um, so many industries are not regulated, um, personal care products, one of them, um, consumer products we bring in our home. Um, people think because it is approved to be at a store that someone said that it's safe. Um, but the word safe, you find it's kind of an arbitrary term or the the company that um, puts the product out there is responsible for defining the safety of the product, which um, probably isn't the best <laughs> way to, um, to, I don't know, to, to set the standard, but so is life. So yeah, I mean, it's great that you're um, educating on this. And I think, you know, I could tell the difference in trying some of your products and some other CBD products that I've tried. I mean, it was like night and day. Um, there's so much out there. There's so many CD, like, especially in Austin and I'm sure all over, like you said, it's like everywhere you turn, I mean, it's a CBD shop or it's in a store. And then on social media, every advertisement, I get like so many people, Hey, we have this CBD, like lotion or oil. Do you want to talk about it on your stories? Like probably every single day. Um, it's so huge. And you notice the difference as a consumer, someone like me, um, I tried some of your products and I was like, this is like 
literally night and day. Like it was a completely different feeling. I'm like, this is so bioavailable, like compared to other products that I tried in Austin. So what am I looking for as a consumer? Like what made your product feel so much different than the products I'd used in the past? Yeah, I love that question. And we definitely and certainly get asked it a lot. I think kind of for us at a very high level, it starts with understanding, you know, who's behind the brand. So you kind of articulated it a little bit, understanding some of these people who are even behind some of these safety measures or precautions. It's like, hey, you're just feeding yourself. You're not actually, you know, making an impact of the quality of the product that you're putting to market. And so it's not to say that everybody who is selling CBD needs to be a me or my sisters. But if you go to our website, you go to our social media, like we're very involved in our brand as a face, as advocates of this plant. And so it's a benefit for me to be able to look at my business as a consumer first. So for me, I want to make sure that the products that I'm putting out there are products that I would personally want to be consuming in my body. And this is who Shada is. Oh, Shada reads labels. Shada practices a paleo diet. Shada works out six times a week. Shada drinks, you know, the amount of water she's supposed to be doing. Oh, she takes care of herself in all these regards. She's not just some no-name person who's pushing CBD on me, okay, maybe I will consider you know, purchasing products for her because she cares about what's going in her body. So maybe she's going to care about what goes in my body. So I think for me, that's kind of the first kind of level is just who are you buying from? What is their ethos? I, I look through so many of these CBD companies and it's like, we love cannabis and we're just like you, but there's no pictures. There's no person. There's no you know, way to contact them or pinpoint who's actually behind the product. Um, And again, I think it's not a necessary component, but I do think from my perspective of what I've observed, people are hiding a lot behind the notion of CBD. And so if you can't actually find who's behind that, I think that can be a red flag. Um, Another kind of deviation of that is being able to read ingredients and read labels. A label can tell you so much. And so just by understanding milligrams, so active milligrams, which as an industry, we don't do a really good job of standardizing. And it's unfortunately not something that is really established again as a standard. So I'm not saying if someone has less than 100 milligrams in their you know topical bottle, it's not effective. But 50 milligrams or zero milligrams is much different than 1000 milligrams. And a thousand milligrams in a hundred mil bottle is a much different dilution than a thousand milligrams in a 30 mil bottle. So just being able to do math of, okay, this is how many milligrams are in this product. Okay, this is the bottle size. It's a 30 mil, it's a one ounce, it's a 15 mil. And doing the math basically. The quick math is you take how many milligrams divided by the ml bottle size, and that equates to roughly how many milligrams per ml. So the most popular product on the market for cannabis and CBD in particular is a sublingual tincture. Those are dosed by the ml, usually a dropper full. So you want to kind of understand, is this dropper 5 milligrams or 60 milligrams? And so from my personal experience, when you're dealing with things like pain like I was, I noticed just from my again, personal uh, healing with CBD, as well as now being in business for three years and helping thousands and thousands of customers. When you're dealing with pain, you probably need a higher dose of CBD. And so if you're buying a product, let's say from a Sprouts or I saw HEBs even selling CBD, some I acknowledged, oh, I've heard this brand. I've been to a conference. I've seen their team. This actually has a good amount of milligrams. And then right next to it is a product that's like, 
there's no many, like there's no milligrams in it for this to be effective. And you're telling me this is a topical pain cream. Like I feel bad for the consumer who's buying that marketing, reading it, saying topical pain cream, and there's 50 milligrams in a one ounce jar. That's just so, um, inconsistent with what I've observed to be helpful. And so again, everybody's body is going to be different. So if you've tried those products, maybe you've acknowledged on a minor level, like it's worked, but I know it could be better. That's probably why, because the quality and the amount of CBD in there is not really a traceable amount. And so I think those to me are the really two big things for consumers to be kind of keeping in mind. Everything else from there is a little bit more of, you know, personal uh, tweaking, depending on like we got into different cannabinoids. Maybe you're somebody who wants a full spectrum approach, which is going to be a full profile of cannabinoids, including CBD, CBG, CBN, et cetera, versus just isolate products, which is a cannabinoid isolated out. There's merit to both of them, again, but some people's bodies and biochemistries responds to one over the other. So that's where the consumer needs to be educated and needs to kind of, you know, Probably a tip that I'll share that I think can really help people as they're navigating different cannabis products is journaling. It sounds so simple, but just even taking it at like a, you know, week basis. Hey, I'm trying this new product and I'm trying this many milligrams and I'm trying it as an edible and I'm trying it in the morning. Well, how long did it take for me to feel an effect? Maybe I felt no effect. Was my stomach empty? Was my stomach full? Like helping the consumer really start to track and understand and build that repertoire. So for me as a consumer, I don't have the same consumption method and dose every day. I've done so much research on my body that I can now know, hey, if I take this product at this dose, I'm relatively going to have this effect. So I always like to highlight too, again, like I love when people shop with us because we are, you know, educated and like to continue that educational conversation with our customers. But my whole point of educating is that the consumer feels empowered to shop wherever they feel comfortable. So if you are not in Austin, Texas, or maybe you're walking into your local health shop, I want you to be confident to be able to pick a bottle off the shelf and say, wow, well, I remember when I was taking this product and I was listening to Shada's episode with Faith, I deducted that my body responds to hundred milligrams a day. Great. Well, then look for products that fit that milligram so that you know where to start. I can't even begin to express how many people come into my shop and they say, I've used CBD before. And I go, great. How many milligrams? And they go, oh, I don't know, this much of a dropper. And I'm like, this much <laughs> of a dropper, it can be different concentrations. And so again, getting the consumer to, it sounds really rudimentary, but like what are you putting in your body and how much and what is that consumption method? Those three things layered on top with who you're sourcing, who you're shopping with, and what's the quality of products that they're presenting is really where I think people will find the most success with exploring CBD and cannabis products. So what would be like the, the benefits of full spe spectrum versus an isolate just so people could know? I know you said you kind of have to trial and error it, but how would we know yeah. if we wanted to go for like an isolate? That's how you that's yeah, what you call so, it, right? I sound so like novice. But. No, you're saying it correct. It's a, an isolate because it's isolating the cannabinoid out. I guess to kind of start at the top, I think people who are navigating cannabis, unfortunately, because of the weird legalities, just because hemp is legal 
does not mean that you will pass a drug test or that you will guarantee to fail a drug test and your employer will look the other way because hemp is legal. Does that make sense? Like we're still dealing with a relative of a schedule one drug that if you are a school teacher, for example, if you are a nurse, if you are someone whose job is drug testing you, kind of the breakdown of a full spectrum product and of hemp really is qualified as anything less than 0.3% Delta 9 THC. Delta 9 THC is the ringer. That's what everybody's, they're going to get high, they're going to fail a drug test. And so they also find value in trace amounts in full spectrum is what makes full spectrum, quote unquote, more medicinal. I don't personally take that approach. I don't believe that full spectrum is more medicinal than an isolate. I really believe it comes down to your biochemistry married with your lifestyle. So for example, when we launched our brand in 2018, we really launched with an isolate based product first because my middle sister, Sydney, she's my co-founder. She's a former university of Texas collegiate swimmer. And as a swimmer dealing with college, she could not have trace amounts of drugs in her system or she would lose her scholarship. She would be kicked off the swim team. And so we saw an opportunity in the market to speak to a category of products that a lot of people struggle and deal with. And so why should those people not have access to cannabis products just simply because people are promoting full spectrum is the most medicinal and it has trace amounts of THC. So kind of the, you know, emphasis point is full spectrum contains trace amounts of THC. If you're getting drug tested, I would be cautious. It's not a guarantee that you're going to fail a drug test, but it is present in the product. And anybody who tells you that you'll be safe taking a full spectrum product and passing a drug test, again, is another qualification where I would probably not trust that person telling me that point. And especially when we first launched, I saw a lot of other brands doing that to consumers. It breaks my heart because it's not me who's losing my job. I don't drug test myself, but it's the consumer I'm selling to who's a school teacher who fails a drug test and she's, well, I was on CBD. It's legal. Well, sorry, ma'am. We're a private employer and we have the right to dictate what you're doing. So it really comes down to one, what is your lifestyle? If you're someone who's getting drug tested, I would pursue isolate based products. There's another category called broad spectrum. Broad spectrum is full spectrum. So the full cannabinoids and terpenes just without the THC component. So there are products that can be um, a little bit more full plant if you're in that category compared to full spectrum, which is going to be the full breadth of cannabinoids. Again, Google calls it an entourage effect. It says that all the cannabinoids work together. It's not necessarily a this or that. It's a, what is your preference and what is your need? Full spectrum will taste grassy, hempy. No, it's not going to make you high, but it's going to have a different profile compared to isolate. So to use myself as an example, I consume a lot of weed. I do. I consume a lot of Delta 9 THC. I consume a lot of other cannabinoids and terpenes that when I was actually going through my accident recovery, I specifically was taking isolate based products. When I had done research, I came across CBD as that cannabinoid being anti-inflammatory. And because I was taking it for mainly pain, the analogy I use in our retail shop is like a pie chart in a isolate product 
you're getting like, there's never going to be a hundred percent CBD isolate. It's always going to be like a 99, 98, like 97% or something, which those small 0.1% vary the quality of the product too. So you're getting a majority though pie of isolate CBD versus if you're taking full spectrum, that pie chart is broken down CBD, CBG, CBN, et cetera. And again, it's not that one is better or worse. I just looked at it like I'm already consuming other cannabinoids. Like, let me try and isolate and see how that makes me feel. And that's exclusively what I take today. I use an isolate CBD oil every day, despite loving full spectrum cannabis and not getting drug tested. I try both products. They work pretty interchangeable in my body. That was my deduction for myself. Now, I like to eat edibles. My edibles might be full spectrum. Again, I'm not getting drug tested. So I understand the different products. I can play around with it. It's kind of educating that consumer to decide, hey, maybe it's a flavor profile thing. Maybe it's a drug testing thing. Maybe it's a medical thing. Going back to the example of someone with cancer. If you're someone with cancer, you probably want a full spectrum approach because you want those other cannabinoids. So as customers are coming into our shop and having these conversations, we definitely have this conversation. I say, do you get drug tested? What are you taking it for? Are you taking it for something predominantly inflammatory? Maybe you'd like an isolate. Maybe you don't like the, the way that something tastes. We get a lot of um, you know, 55 plus kind of in that category of like an older generation where they don't want to touch the weed. They don't know what it's going to do to them, that they feel more comfortable with an isolate. So it's just giving people that understanding that knowledge to be able to make decisions for themselves, which really stems from having an education and then being an educated consumer. So for someone who's listening, who has some sort of, let's say they have some sort of like autoimmune disease, um, just trying to be kind of like general, if you will, do you typically like recommend, like if I was someone walking into your store and I'm like, I'm struggling with this right now, do you typically recommend that you're trying it every single day or a certain time in the day, or it's all completely up to like experimentation? Great question. So for sure, think of it as the more consistently that you're consuming, the more effects you're going to feel. And it's not um, like people's perception might be very related to drugs or alcohol in the sense that I took this shot, I'm going to feel it in this amount of minutes, or I took this pill, the pill is going to kick in in this amount of you know hours. CBD in particular, cannabis in general, going back to like, if you're smoking it, yes, maybe you'll feel the effects much quicker. If you're someone who's like, man, I'm in pain right now, or like, I'm really anxious right now. But if you're someone like me with chronic pain, my pain didn't really kick in for weeks. So I do try to recommend people to be consistent with it for at least two weeks to have some sort of gauge of reaction to the product, as well as playing with doses going through every like two or three days. So like give yourself a couple days to try that dose and that product out to see how it's affecting you because your body has to, again, to use some medical terms, it has to have like a loading into your system. And so it titrates. And so when your body has had no cannabis or no CBD, you might feel it really quick the first time you take it, but then maybe the second day you don't have an effect. You have to build it up in your body and get it to some sort of consistency. So if you are someone who maybe is experiencing 
anxiety is kind of on the lower level that we've observed, like maybe the lower dose, like, yes, transactionally, maybe you take a dose when you're anxious. I'm not clinically anxious personally, but like flying makes me really nervous. I know I can take CBD before my flight and feel calm more immediately, transactionally, situationally. But if I'm dealing with chronic pain, I can't just take a dose and be like, okay, my pain's going to go away. It's like, I have to kind of be on it consistently. And so I think, again, there's not a perfect kind of approach for people, but yes, depending on what you're taking it for and kind of why you're taking it, there would be kind of a different, um, I always kind of articulate, we are like cannabis Sherpas at Restart CBD. We've been on our own journeys, but it's ultimately your journey to go on. And so I can point out all the different things to look out for, all the different considerations, all the different consumption methods. But my goal is to make you feel confident and comfortable to like try it, to like lean into it and to figure out what ultimately works best for you. And then kind of another point that I'll add on that I think is really um, relevant for your audience, just considering all the different variations of autoimmune you know, diseases or things that people are struggling with or dealing with. It is a big unknown how cannabis really works in our bodies. I mean, obviously you and I both have personally shared anecdotally like, wow, we love cannabis. It's helped heal us in so many ways. And I think that that has so much power in that testimony. But there are people who are more concerned with Western medicine. They are maybe already in a later stage in life. So they've been on medication for longer. And so they are trying to titrate off that medication or maybe they have something that is really severe going on in their body and they want to just make sure that cannabis doesn't have any counter actions in regards to it. And so I think as a brand, we've been really proud to be able to partner with the first nurse-run cannabis hotline. It's called leaf411.org. It's completely free. And we like to partner with them because they're an extension of that conversation from a medical perspective. These are registered nurses who are passionate about cannabis and they are trying to help close that gap between what do we anecdotally feel and research and understand about cannabis to actually medically, where does cannabis fit into that conversation? And so it's just a free resource I wanted to mention for anybody who's like, hey, like an example is we get a lot of people who ask like cannabis with like breastfeeding or pregnancy. I don't really think that we have enough research long-term to decipher what the implications could be for better or worse, uh, that we ultimately have to kind of leave it up to the mother to decide how she wants to move forward. And it's not that, again, LEAF 411 is explicitly going to be like, it's safe or it's not safe, but they're medically approaching the conversation to your specific questions to help close that gap. And so it gives us a lot more confidence in trying to help people get to something that makes them feel more comfortable. So like with pregnancy or breastfeeding, for example, you might come to the deduction, I'm okay to take isolate products because there's no trace amounts of THC or psychoactive cannabinoids versus a full spectrum product. Or you might want to take a topical because it's not going to actually seep into your bloodstream as intensely as a sublingual or an edible. And so Again, these are all just different educational talking points that both us at Restart like to have, as well as our partners through Leaf 411 to help really guide people towards the best understanding of how cannabis can work for them. I love that. Um, that's such a good point as well. And what I was going to say is, it's funny though, because people are so worried about the side effects of cannabis, but 
I don't really know anyone who's asking about the side effects of the medications that they're taking or the side effects of the food that we're eating or the side effects of um, the, you know, 409 or whatever it is we're spraying on the counter or the news that we're consuming, you know, all these. And so while I actually very much appreciate the caution and the questioning, because I am like such a proponent of questioning what you put in your body, like you said, I think we have to kind of wonder why are we like questioning again? Why are we only questioning this and not asking those same questions about everything else and think super, super, super critically um, about that? And also, you know, I personally think if you're working with a practitioner who shuts it down, that should be a red flag. Um, And that's just my opinion, because people will say, you know, like one of the things that I do is I help people find the right practitioner. um, And crucially, that's a practitioner who understands root cause medicine, is trained in Western medicine, but then is open minded to other modalities, right? Someone who's going to offer you a full toolkit and then you as an educated patient can make the decision what works best for you. Um, but I just think if someone's going to shut it down, that should be a red flag. Even when I first got my Graves disease diagnosis and I was working with, um, an endocrinologist. Now I actually don't work with an endocrinologist, but at the time I was, even he was like, yeah, I would highly recommend that you use marijuana versus, you know, using all of these other medications, but here they are, you know, you're super young and you don't really need to be on all of this. And he was not at all like holistic or like the practitioners I see now, but I think there's this like, or at least there should be. And I, and I experienced this, um, throughout working with all my doctors that there's a general kind of understanding that it is the right thing, but they can't really say it. And so you kind of usually get a practitioner being like, oh, you know, there's anecdotal research that that can be productive. So whatever works for you. But I think in the medical community, there is such an understanding that it's such a better option than pretty much anything else. I think another point to highlight too, it's not so much that people are concerned of what are the side effects, but trying to understand how much to take. Like if you can understand from our perspective as a business, legally, the way that the law is written, I can't prescribe. So if you came to me and said, I have cancer, how much CBD should I take? I'm going to do my best to guide you. In fact, we have a lot of doctors and practitioners who see the value of our business and the credibility that we've built over the years being in Austin and, and actually send their customers and patients to us because they're like, Hey, we don't know enough about dosing. You should go talk to the CBD sisters. Like that's what my sisters and I have kind of been, you know, coined. And so we feel really happy and grateful to be in a position to help kind of meet that conversation in the middle. But because those doctors don't have that full understanding of cannabis, they really truly are the only people who can actually dose out what someone should be taking. And so where Lee 411 comes in, in my opinion, as a cannabis specific nurse hotline is they can be a little bit more, um, prescriptive on what someone could be taking or should be taking, which again, maybe can give someone a little bit more confidence and like a dart put a little bit closer to the target of what could be working. Again, maybe someone is fortunate. They come into our shop, they have a conversation with us and anybody listening. I'm more than happy to have these conversations that I'm having with faith one-on-one. My team is educated and staffed. We love these conversations. But again, for someone who's like looking for that, maybe in their city or their kind of situation, Having a nurse-specific, dedicated understanding to cannabis can help that conversation of, man, I'm taking it for X, Y, or Z ailment. Like I, I don't know all the reasons people are taking cannabis for. And yes, anecdotally, I can say you can't 
overdose on cannabis. So the worst case scenario is you take too much and then you should learn to take less. But we definitely take an approach of start low and increase versus start high and decrease because you want to know, is it less or is it more? And if you take too much, then it's kind of hard to go backwards. But again, I just, I see it as a, as a welcomed, uh, like arm in arms of like, man, we are trying to change the conversation and it happens one, one conversation at a time and really just trying to help people, um, understand what their unique ailment is or situation is, or thing that's giving them grief or pain and trying to find a plant-based cannabis application that works best for their scenario. So that was going to be my next question. Um, what are the kind of like big, I guess for lack of a better word, like ailment or diagnoses or whatever that CBD is really, really known for being an effective treatment for? Like, I know you mentioned anxiety, a lot of anxiety, sleep, you know, but just again, because I think that there's this thread that runs through a lot of people that interact with that healing feeling on any platform. And for anyone who has a chronic illness, really anxiety, I think fatigue, brain fog, sleep, um, and stomach problems, you know, we're all kind of, it's all mm -hmm. always those issues. Um, and then there'll be more like specific issues on top of that. So I'd be interested to know just for someone who's like, well, does it apply to me? Like, what are the big areas of focus where um, people might come to you? Yeah. So I should have said this in the very beginning of recording, but I'll say it now. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical professional. This is not me prescribing anybody anything. Um, but I do think as an industry, that's where we have to be really cautious is like guaranteeing like, Hey, you're going to, if you have this, you should take this and it's going to make you feel better. Like it's a possibility. Yes. Um, I would say anecdotally from a high level, what we kind of see people come in for are yes, anxiety, sleep, and pain. But I think kind of deviating from what these different cannabinoids applications are. So CBD in particular is anti-inflammatory. So you can kind of extrapolate that out. Um, we have a lot of customers and even just close friends of mine who are dealing with endometriosis, for example, their body is very inflamed, psoriasis, having a lot of inflammation of the skin. So I think that's where kind of going back to what we're talking about earlier topicals, for example, if you have something like physically inflamed on your body, maybe a topical approach is good because that can help calm the skin down versus something maybe more internal. So there's definitely different applications there. I think if you step back to some of the major research that's being done in regards to hemp and CBD for why hemp and CBD are even legal in the first place, it's actually epilepsy. So anything that's kind of related to epilepsy, tremors, seizures, things like that, that has actually been legally proved and like medically proved as being applicable. And so there's a lot more research in that capacity for epilepsy kind of compared to everything else. But I think, you know, seeing things come through for cancer, um, glaucoma, glaucoma is a big one that you're seeing now certain cannabinoids come to market. So CBC is a new cannabinoid, not new in the scheme of cannabis, but new in the scheme of research that's been available to, to uncover and discover what these cannabinoids applications can be. So CBC is coming out as, you know, helping relieve pressure on your eyes. So for people who are dealing with glaucoma, they might want to pursue a CBC product. And so as we start to see these different cannabinoids become unpacked, there's definitely different applications that people can kind of, you know, start to both anecdotally and then scientifically back up. 
I think another one that we probably don't talk about nearly enough, but just is maybe a side effect of some things is just having an appetite, whether you want to stimulate your appetite or suppress your appetite. There's definitely different cannabinoids that can help stimulate or even suppress it. So depending on what you might be going through, if you're looking for something like that, there's definitely, again, a different cannabinoid, a different combination of cannabinoids. So something that we're seeing right now even transpire into the medical and the just like legal marijuana market too are like ratioed products. So you're not just exclusively taking CBD or just exclusively taking THC, but you're taking a combination of both of them together. So like how do those cannabinoids work in partnership? And then kind of at another level to that too, to introduce a whole other deep hole for people to swim through terpenes. Terpenes are not new. Uh, They are present in anything from lavender, the terpene associated with that is linalool, to pine trees, pinene. They're essentially essential oils that are native to different plants um, that have properties. So it's like when you take lavender products, I'm sure you've taken a lavender bubble bath and it makes you feel all good for sleepy time. Like Yes, it's lavender, but it's really linalool. And so that property also exists in cannabis. So if you are someone who's like trying to take cannabis for sleep, let's say, maybe you're looking for a higher dose of cannabinoids. Maybe you're also looking for linalool to be present. And so I really believe that even though there's not maybe enough scientific research explicitly outlining every ailment or application that cannabis has, you can kind of derive back just based on some of these very very present, but very also like rudimentary uh, factors of the cannabis plant. Like people don't talk about terpenes, but like understanding caryophyllene to limonene, those are going to have different effects in your body. And so if you're someone who's looking for one of those effects, you can kind of pursue it through cannabis. So hopefully that helped gave a high level (laughs) of some of the applications. Well, you know, and I think I'm I'm loving the fact that anti-inflammatory as a buzzword is making it more into the mainstream conversation. Um, but I think in general, I mean, the goal is to reduce inflammation. Inflammation is in essence at the root of almost all disease. And so, you know, you mentioned many times already that, you know, this is the way that cannabis works. It reduces inflammation, which I think... Um, unless I'm understanding incorrectly, really encompasses, you know, why it's so effective. And I think it's funny because again, we have things like turmeric that everyone's always talking about and trying to buy. Um, and actually I was just talking with, um, do you know, Katie Yurko from the Violet Fog? I don't. Okay. And well, she just, um, she, she makes these potions. And so we were talking, she was just here like two days ago and we were talking all about, um, adaptogens and how like depending on where you get it like she's a big proponent of getting it from the actual country where it originated but we were talking about okay what makes it have like integrity and where should you be getting it and because she makes this amazing potion with like cacao and ashwagandha and all these different things and it's amazing and I'm like I've been eating cacao and ashwagandha whatever and I, I never feel the way I feel like when I have your potion um No, but anyways, I digress. But the point is, you know, we're always talking about inflammation and everybody's willing to do all of these other things. But at the end of the day, um, I honestly feel in my experience and I feel like I've tried a lot of things, nothing has made quite the impact that cannabis has made. And so I know that we call the research anecdotal, but, um, you know, 
I think the proof is in the pudding. So while I'm a huge proponent of having the literature to refer back to, I think that it only takes one or two times of trying it to know that um, you can feel it when something is healing for your body. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm happy that we have more of that data now. I'm happy that we have people like you who are um, making massive moves. Um, it really is life changing. You know, just even getting the information um, can really and truly change your life and give you your life back. And I think that the more that it's talked about, obviously, um, the more eyes are opened. Hopefully, the more people are willing to drop the stigma. And I think that's why now, you know, I used to work in the corporate world. And so my husband would be like, don't talk about the fact that you smoked marijuana, you know, and to me, I'm like, I just don't even, I forgot that it was even a thing not to talk about that. And now I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm a business owner. I can kind of talk about whatever I want, I feel. Um, and I personally don't have anything but um, an amazing association with talking about um, using marijuana. So I love to be able to say like, hey, this is something that I did, something that I use because my husband likes to say that, um, I don't like fit the stigma or whatever that is, um, which we've been working on that together. But, you know, it's like I, I, I want to do everything I can um, to kind of open people's eyes up to that as they try to look for ditching and switching to solutions that um, might be more healing and beneficial to them. So I know that there's so much and there's so many areas we can go. But is there anything else um, as we wrap up here that you feel like would be worth mentioning um, that we didn't go over? Yeah, I just wanted to make a recommendation for anybody who's trying to, again, kind of butt up against the conversation of kind of like, what is the power of cannabis? How could it work? Kind of getting a better history understanding. There's a really great documentary called Weed the People. It's on Netflix as far as I'm aware, at least it was last year. But if you just Google it, it's all about children with epilepsy. And it kind of walks through the journey of introducing cannabis primarily to children and really from a healing perspective in a really remarkable application that is a plant. It's cannabis. And it's so, you know, stigmatized like, oh my gosh, weed, but like it's not all weed. There's so many other merits to this plant. And it really is taking conversations like the ones that we're having right here right now to help maybe change someone's perspective and mind and, and possibility of what this plant can do. And I think for me, that documentary did a really good job of setting some guideposts of like how much, because again, I think legally, I can't say take this much, but I also anecdotally can say the limit doesn't exist. And so when we're talking to consumers and they're trying to figure out how can cannabis work for me, you really should be encouraged to push the dial. And so when you watch this documentary, you'll see children with epilepsy are getting about 200 to 250 milligrams per dose. It's a very concentrated dose. Reflecting on the current market, nobody really sells products that concentrated. And so it kind of leaves me in a position of like, we are a little bit, you know, to, to fend for ourselves to try to navigate it. I mean, we do at our brand have high quality, you know, uh, contract, uh, concentrations that we have put together for the market. But in terms of like productizing, when you're looking at CBD in general, it's just, we haven't really discovered like how much our bodies can even handle and what really truly makes the most sense for us. And so I just wanted to mention that documentary for anybody who's looking for a visual engaging way to kind of understand this plant a little bit deeper, but 
no, I really just appreciated the time to speak about this plant that I obviously um, have been transformed by in so many different ways and just really grateful to be a business owner who gets to champion this plant to people who are curious. And if people have questions, I would say feel free to reach out. My email is my first name at restartcbd.com. And I love having these conversations. I love learning from people. I love hearing about their experiences because I really believe cannabis is going to cannabis is going to change, not necessarily at a mass scale, although we're certainly seeing mass shifts happen at a federal level. But really, it's like that one to one. Like I love getting to talk to like a mother who walks in and she's really skeptical and she's like, "I don't know if I should do this. What are my kids gonna think?" And I get to like make her feel comfortable and like change that dialogue with her. And then she becomes an influencer and can then influence her significant other, her friends and family. She becomes a champion of the plant. And so that's really what I feel like my purpose on this planet is to do is just to make champions of cannabis. And um, I grateful I get to do that in a state like Texas and get to do it in my hometown of Austin. So thanks for the opportunity to have this conversation. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for coming on here. And I just, I wanted to say also, and again, I, I said this earlier, but I'm such a huge proponent of the mind body connection. It's, it's kind of, it underpins everything I talk about. And I think there's a whole other case in conversation to talk about, um, the, you know, the plants role in healing trauma and just the emotional pain that so many people are carrying with them, because, you know, I believe that that, that's connected with a lot of the physical symptoms that we experience. And you see that correlation of healing your trauma and, um, you know, busting through those limiting beliefs and all of that and seeing physical pain and symptoms, you know, go away essentially. And so like, for me personally, I had undergone a lot of trauma going up and I, and without a doubt, like, it's not like maybe it was this, maybe it was that it was black and white it was cannabis that helped me overcome that. And I'm not saying that it's the only way. In every, in every scenario, there are many roads that can lead to the destination of healing. But for me, I think that was the most impactful part about my experience. And so maybe this is just another conversation for another time because my nanny is about to leave. But I think I would, I would also love to talk about that sometime um, and also kind of like shed light on that because I think I've been focusing a lot on like the physical pain but you know, there's, I, I, I can say like, honestly, I think I tried like almost every most drugs, like as in pharmaceuticals, SSRIs and the spectrum of those. I think there's, I forgot what the other ones are called. I also had like, um, amphetamines. I've tried Xanath, all these things that were prescribed to me. I've tried therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy. There were so many things I did, um, and nothing made an impact. Nothing changed me. Um, it was purely cannabis. Um, and I can even remember the specific day where like, I was able to kind of like move past that. And so I, you know, I'm sure that's some, you know, a thing that people come in for, but for me, I mean, it's, it's so close to my heart. It's so life-changing. It's, it's so important to me that people can understand that, you know? Absolutely. I think it's like, you kind of highlighted, even if it's not something physically, uh, you know, deteriorating, deteriorating in our bodies or some ailment that we've been diagnosed with, but just like feeling better. And so looking to cannabis as a true supplement to part of our daily routines. And I think that consumption can evolve. So even myself, I used to heavily consume smoking cannabis 
now I have a different routine and that's okay. And it's going to evolve as I continue to navigate how my body shows up in the world and how I feel if I, you know, had some major event that happened that made me feel super stressed out and all these things kind of trickle down. And just to kind of further emphasize your point, you know, I was reading some thing again, not to get controversial about COVID, but you know, the major cause is like stress on our bodies. Yeah. And when your bodies are stressed, they're broken down and it's yep. like, well, why don't we start targeting the stress, the cause of stress, uh, and dealing about all these other things? Cannabis is that thing that, like, you know, I come home at the end of the day. I'm a professional. I'm a contributing member to society, and like, yeah, I want to smoke my bowl, or I want to eat my edible, or I want to take my CBD bubble bath. Like that helps me decompress and de-stress. And like, oh, hey, it has all these other benefits to helping me heal my body and and feel my best. So, um, yeah, I'm. I obviously can talk further and, and more length about all these other different aspects and cannabis's application too. But um, I hope I hope the sentiment for people to take away is just to continue their canny curious journey. And if I can be another part of that conversation, I'm happy to be there. And um, do you guys ship outside of Texas? We do. We ship nationwide. Okay. So we have a brick and mortar in North Austin. If people are in Austin, they want to come see us. We're right by the domain and the brand new FC stadium. And otherwise we do ship nationwide at our website, restartcbd.com. And we did make a special code for your listeners, that healing feeling 10 for 10% off anything on our website and in store as well. Oh, well, thank you for that code. So just before we wrap up, if someone is looking at the website, what are like the top three things you recommend they purchase to try out if they're kind of wondering where to go for it? Yeah. So we have like a travel size sampler starter kind of like oil. It's going to be a 15 mil and it's going to be dosed at 20 milligrams. I personally, for reference, take about a hundred milligrams per day, just because I'm still dealing with that chronic pain, but just to give people kind of that entry level. And the side note is you can take multiple dropper fulls. Just note each dropper is 20 milligrams. So you can build up to see what works best for you. I would also say to check out some of our CBD edibles. If you're someone who is just looking for how CBD can benefit you, but another cannabinoid that we didn't get into kind of on purpose, but just to kind of tease it out there is Delta eight THC. It is a isomer of Delta nine. It is Delta nine is not legal in Texas, but Delta eight in a roundabout way, which is a whole nother legal conversation (laughs) is. And so we sell a considerable amount of Delta eight THC as well and smokables, edibles, oils, and things like that. But I got it all pet products, topicals, sublingual oils, hemp flour. We sell a lot of, and yeah, happy to have people shop our website and we have a little chat on there. They can reach out and ask questions. The, um, one of the edibles that I had your gummies that had like the Delta eight, is that what I had? The little ones? Oh my yeah, God. You had the Delta eight. Yeah. Those are next level. I, well, cause I actually, I took two of them. I don't know why I did that. I was like, I'm, I'm hardcore anyway. So I'll just try. So it's not tiny and people just think, okay, I'll do it. No, but see, I've, I've, I've done this before in the past in a different way, um, with edibles, but I do get carried away. Anyways, I took two of them and I was like, oh my God, these are like, these are next level. Those are great. I highly recommend anyways okay well thank you so much i'll put all the info in the show notes so people can just link directly back to your page find you on instagram the code and everything like that so thank you so much for your time this has been so awesome and just so empowering thank you thank you for having me always a pleasure i want to thank you so much for pressing play today and listening to my podcast it means the world to me that you're here I love nothing more than getting this information out there so that I can help other people heal and have the most fulfilling lives possible. 
It would mean so much to my team and to me if you would take the time to rate, review, and subscribe to my podcast if you feel like it's bringing you value. Rating my podcast will help boost the exposure and allow me to continue to spend time getting this information out to you. Go ahead and take a screenshot before you post and send it to thathealingfeelingpodcast at gmail.com and I will send you a free guided meditation video to get you into parasympathetic for healing. Thank you so much for your time today. To your health and healing always, Faith.